this morning. Amen. So y'all just stand by there. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, saints of God, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, amen, precious souls in the sight of our Lord this morning. Thank you this morning for the gathering this morning together again, oh, that we might hear what thus said the Spirit of the Lord to the saints of God, to the body of Christ this morning, amen, as he's speaking to us this morning, amen, concerning his will Amen. For us to be healed this morning. And so we give God praise. We give God glory. We give God honor. We dare not take him for granted this morning because he's so worthy to be praised. He's so worthy to be glorified. He has magnified his word above all his name. Amen. And so we give God praise for his word this morning. Amen. That medicine for our flesh and marrow for our bones. So we come this morning to partake of God's divine goodness through his word this morning. It's good to know that the Lord wants us healed. It's good to know, amen, that we can ask him for healing and we receive that healing when we ask him with no doubt and no unbelief, no hangups, no, no, no isms or schisms in there to stand in the way. But we ask him out of a pure heart. Our hands are clean because all of our sins and our iniquities have been forgiven and removed. And so we can go right to our father like his children and just ask him. And then ask him in faith and believe that we receive. Amen. And keep seeking until it manifests. Keep knocking until the door is open and the father will come and give us what it is that we desire. So that's our heartfelt desire this morning. Amen. Is that the people of God. It's one of the hardest ministries to teach people is that we have a relationship with the father. I'm talking about saved people now, you know, church folks who sit, they would rather sit on a sick list, amen, and believe that folks are really praying for them to be healed and come off that list. And they're there till they die sometimes. And so we know many of them never get off the list and some of them do, amen. So I believe that there are some ones and twosies that do actually pray for people because they're related to them. They know them, they miss them. But I, I, I pray and desire is that my prayer and desire is that every believer, born again believer, will begin to exercise their right to ask the father because we are like children and we have a father. He's a heavenly father. You know, we, we, we sometimes just get stuck and say, God, God, God. And we never mature to that level of asking him as our father, you know, because if our earthly father children can ask them for things and they give them things. They don't give them no serpent. They don't give them nothing to hurt them, but they give them what they ask for. And so take that to the spiritual realm. We too sometimes forego blessings because we're so full of pride and arrogance. And sometimes we're embarrassed to ask God because we think we got to be these super, uh, super human people that because I'm saved, I don't go to ask God for anything, but he said, you have not because you ask not. And so we, we that's a level of maturity. I was talking with my nephew yesterday on the line. And matter of fact, he said how God had been dealing with him about some things. And I hadn't talked to him in three weeks. And he said he didn't call me because he felt like I was busy. Amen. Because he know I love to talk about the Lord. And uh, he said, but I went to God and I asked God. I said, boy, you just confirmed my message. You know, that's what I'm going to be talking about in School of Healing. And so, amen. And so we're going to learn some things today. And it's just a level of maturity that I believe a lot of us have not obtained yet is how simple it is, but how hard it is 
to just ask our Father, not not ask God, but ask our Father who is God, who is our Heavenly Father. But he wants that relationship with us where we can talk with him and discuss things with him and tell him how we feel and, you know, and know he's going to take care of us. He's going to provide. He's going to give us some relief. He's going to give us what we ask for if we don't doubt in our heart but believe. I don't care if there's a mountain standing between you and, and, and him. Amen. You know what to do with that mountain. We talked about that last week. You know, you tell that mountain, if you've got that little faith the size of a mustard seed, you don't need any more faith to measure up to the mountain. The mountain, my God, is no match for that mustard seed faith if you will use it and don't believe and don't doubt in your heart, but tell it to be removed and cast into the sea. It's got to. That's what the word says in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 22 and 20 through 24, the King James Bible. But we're not going to go there today. You ought to be walking in that by now. We talked about that last week and you all you had a whole week to take that medicine and it ought to be showing up in your system and working that you have that power of that mustard seed and it's up to you amen if you get that report you get that headache or that toe ache or that body ache you can tell it uh-uh you got to get up out of here you trespassing in the name of jesus but this morning in the school of healing i do welcome all of you you know i'm pastor lester hayes this morning pastor sharon hayes we're here this morning today is sunday august the 1st 2021 just so excited to be with you all this morning amen greet all of you this morning we have our pastor eric and pastor phoebe for more than conquers warriors christ ministry with us this morning sister ann i heard come on this morning pastor sharon and i are here this morning just to greet all of you just so excited by what the lord is getting ready to say to us and i want to speak to you this morning from a subject we have not been healed because we have not asked god to be healed now we've asked him for a lot of things amen We've asked him for a lot of things, a lot of intervention. But sometimes this is the one simple thing or truth or, or, or benefit that we have that we don't really exercise. Now, we'll ask somebody in a minute when something go wrong, I ain't feeling right, chest pain or whatever, call up my nephew, my niece, or whoever, my son, my daughter, come and take me out here to this emergency room. Now, we'll ask for a ride to the emergency room. It's like automatic. It's like quicks and boop. That's the one of the first things come to our mind. Amen. And 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 we have so much faith and belief that I'm going to get to that emergency room. And sometimes it's on a weekend or it's at a weird hour. And you got to wait for the, you got to get there and wait with a crowd of people that's doing the same thing and ask people to bring them, you know, Uber, Uber making big money in the neighborhoods. Amen. Amen. And when you can get something free, never have to leave your house. It just call on the name of the Lord and just ask him. You know, he can come into the room. Amen. On your bed of language, your bed of suffering and just heal your body, touch your body right there. But we don't ask him. Amen. As our father. Amen. You know, and we'll say, God, send somebody to take me to the emergency room. Isn't that something? People say, God, I need a ride to the emergency room. God, I ain't able to drive in. You, you know, you'll call one of your family members and they'll come, you know, and, we, and we'll ask, you know, to get to that emergency room. You'll, you'll ask somebody to go to the drugstore. Is the drugstore open? Go to Walmart. I think they open and get this right here that I took last week when I had this same pain. We ask a lot of things, amen, of people, you know, and even of ourselves sometimes. But we got to build this relationship with the father and mature to a point where we can ask our father. Ask him as our father, as our heavenly father. Amen. Because we have not been healed for the most part because we have not asked God to be healed. Uh, we are not healed because our healing requires the appropriate behavior and the right attitude. 
and it's got to be maintained all the time. And we're going to delve into a little bit of that this morning because we're going to help some folks this morning, man, to try to save a little bit of money if nothing there. Save some heartache, you know, some wear and tear, man. Hey, man, you're waking up. Sometimes folk, man, to get a ride to the emergency room, they're going to come because they love you. So we have not because we ask not. And our text this morning is going to be taken out of our scripture text, the book of James, chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, the King James Bible. But before we go to our scripture text this morning in the book of James, I, I want to preface my, my thoughts this morning, my teaching, my observation this morning as I, as I delved into and, 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 you know, and explored this particular text because this is what the Lord dropped in my spirit last week. Amen. I was talking to someone and, they, and, and all, I didn't say it to them, but I wanted to tell them, well, why didn't you just ask God the Father? But I didn't go there because I didn't want to insult them, amen, because I knew the personality of this particular person. So I just left it alone, amen. I said, well, they're going to have to learn, you know, that you can ask God anything. He knows everything anyway. Your thoughts are far. And so I'm going to preface it with some, with some, with some, some, some things, that, some, some oversight, some insights that I got while I was, I was studying how to get people to just ask God the Father, especially when you're dealing with saved folks. They don't want to tell you that. They'll tell me, Pastor, I did pray. You know, Pastor, I'm not this, I'm not that. Okay, I'm just trying to let you know. That's a level of maturity that we as Christian folks got to get to. And sometimes pride and get in the way because you think somebody's trying to treat you like a little elementary child. You know, but faith got to be like that. Faith got to be like a, like a child talking to their father. Amen. And so I'm, I'm going to preface what I'm going to say this morning in the School of Healing with these following preparatory practical instructions and observations that I observed as I was reading the scripture. And, and just, to, just to give an example of this, I remember back in 2003 when I first got my diagnosis, and many of you heard my testimony, <clears throat> amen. Now, Pastor Sharon and I had been saved for a day or two, you know, because we had joined the church and we're learning, we're growing in the scriptures, we're learning the, the, the different spiritual benefits that we have in Christ Jesus that we never knew before, you know, because we had our parents had taken us far as they could, but they didn't take us where we were getting ready to go back in 90, you know. And so thank God for that journey. But one of the things we learned was that we could ask the Lord, amen. We could seek God. We could knock. And, you know, if we ask, we would receive. If we seek, we would find. If we knock, it would be open. So we started that journey, amen. And one of the things that we had learned that anytime sickness came up, if you just put God in remembrance of what he said, man, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 3 through 5, the King James Bible. Now, we learned that thing, man, because we had a lot of people that was going through some sick times in their life. Amen. And we were armed and equipped with that scripture. And so we would ask God for those provisions and benefits in that scripture every time a sickness came up. That was our scripture. We worked that word, man. That was it right there, man. And, and we got benefits from that. Amen. And so I remember, you know, asking God, you know, God, your word says, Father, you know, I'm going to put you in remembrance of your word. Amen. And, and even when I got my diagnosis, number one, you know, I started feeling better. And God began to give me wisdom and knowledge and how things that I could do myself. I had to change some things. You know, I had to ask God for that. What can I do? And I had to change my diet. I had to change some of my activities. I had to change a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? But I asked God and he gave me what to do. And I, and it was up to me to do it. You know, I couldn't burn bicker, complain. I didn't rebuke no devils because, you know, I had learned a scripture too that said he was already rebuked. I didn't need to rebuke him. 
you know. And so I just had to learn how to ask and to seek and to find what changes I could make, what things I could do. You know, being a proud man, I had to swallow that pride because I realized then I couldn't help myself. I couldn't heal myself, you know. And yes, I had doctors and I had professional nutritionists and all that wife worked in a wellness clinic. So I had all these things available to me, all these benefits around me, but it wasn't going to work until I began to ask. You know, I had to humble myself like a man and ask God. And in due time, he began to exalt me. He did, you know, because I learned how to ask him as a father. And so we want to preface this this morning, you know, to, to start with, uh, we as Christian believers, I want you to hear me this morning, I'm going to talk to you like a Christian believer, are addressed by James concerning how we should live our lives in this full of doubt and unbelief filled world. It's just out there. That's why Jesus always prayed when he healed folks, Father, help their doubt and unbelief. Because he knew, man, even if I heal them, they're going to walk away and encounter some person over there in the temple, in the church, that's going to tell them, you believe that stuff. You know, mm -mm, you better get to that emergency. You better go see your doctor. All that's good for follow-up. Sometimes that's good for preparatory stuff to let you know what's going on. But God is our healer, okay? God is our healer. And if Jesus had to pray for doubt and unbelief, we got to pray for it today because that's one of the things that hinder people sometimes from asking God. Amen. And so, you know, and so this is just the world we live in. Uh, uh, first of all, there, there's in our attitude and behavior in, you know, in, in a crisis situation or circumstance is a circumstance that we deal with is always one of our main problems and our challenges that confront us. You know, when it's time to ask God, especially for healing, sometimes the pain won't allow us to. We'll, we'll rather scream and holler about how I'm hurting than to say, God, stop this pain. I ask you to stop this pain, relieve me of this pain. When it comes to asking, okay, seeking and knocking uh, on the door to gain access to God to heal us, you know, often uh, because we get overwhelmed and end up forgetting what to do or what to uh, what what work what what works for us or what to say, you know, we just sometimes we don't we don't talk to the pain. We talk about the pain. We get on the phone and call folks and say, "I'm in, I'm hurting so bad right now. Can you come and do this and do that?" You know, we we forget about I, I, I got power and authority given to me by God. Amen. Over the pain, over the sickness, over whatever it is, you know, and, and the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter seven, verse seven through 15, the King James Bible, it says, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, or it teaches us, you know, how to approach God, our healer in this following manner. Listen to what it says. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek. And ye shall find, knock, and it shall be open unto you. Now, that's an emergency room that's always open. Amen. Amen. And to gain access, we come in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? For everyone that asketh, look at that now, everyone that asketh, especially believers, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. That's a commandment, God says it's going to be open. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, my God, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, says father, 
which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. Got to build this relationship where we ask him as a father in heaven. Uh, you know, not just God above, but father is personal there. It gets intimate there. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye shall, you, ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Don't go round about it. Go straight to God when that when that thing hits you that about three o'clock in the morning in your chest. Go straight to God. If we don't be stumbling through the dog, kicking your toe on the dresser, leg down there trying to find your phone so you can call your cuff, somebody to come and take you to the hospital. Uh, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. That way under man, you know, it seemeth right. And many there be which go in there at a man because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth, listen now, unto life. You know, now I know this scripture here have many applications, but we're talking about life here, you know, beyond the sickness, you know, beyond the crucifixion. Sometimes mm -hmm. you might feel like you're being crucified, but what about letting God be glorified? Paul said, I would rather glory in my afflictions that his grace might appear upon me. His grace is sufficient for me. That's that straight way. Amen. Three times Paul asked him for healing and he said, no, you know, so sometimes that is the answer. No, because God wants you to discover that his grace is sufficient for you. You know, leadeth unto life, that more abundant life. We know Satan sometimes come when those moments show up, man, he'll come and, and pounce on that doubt and unbelief and try to kill, still destroy you. Take all of your joy away. Amen. And few there be that findeth it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And, when, and I put that precept on there because a lot of times this is what happens to people when they go to church or they ask for healing or they call certain ones in leadership and ministry and they'll tell them, man, I'm going I'm to have deacon so-and-so to put you on the prayer list. I'm going to call secretary so-and-so right now and tell them to add you to the church sick list. You know, instead of just praying for people right then, or they, oh, sister so and so, you're going to be able to make it to church Sunday. Do you need us to send a ride? Have somebody pick you up? Instead of just praying for the people, you know, we, 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 we give them the way that we know because we don't know how to, how to call for elders of the church. We ain't taught the people that they can call and we'll pray the prayer of faith with them and God will raise them up. It's not that people just going to know it because most folks today in most churches don't read their Bible. You know, they try to get it at church. They try to go in it. And most people at church today, I hate to say it in the pulpit, don't read their Bible. You know, they have different kinds of Bibles. They may have a Masonic Bible. They may have an Easter Star Bible. They may have a Black History Bible. They may have a Bible that, that says, you know, all, all the black folks was in the Bible, all Abraham and the black Israelites, all this old crazy stuff now have just flooded our pulpits. And we're teaching people another gospel, that way on the man that seemeth right, but it still leads to the way of destruction. You know, and it's because of that last precept right there. Okay. Uh, amen. In the book of uh, Matthew chapter seven, but he starts out by giving you instructions right up front. He's, you know, he says, ask and you receive, seek, you find, knock, and it shall be open to you. He's speaking to us. Okay. But James, right at the beginning of this message exposes, and I'm talking about in the book of James chapter four, verses one, verses two and three. Amen. I just wanted to preface my message with that passage I just gave you, but we're going to get back to James right at the beginning of his message in his fourth chapter of the book of James, uh, right up front, the message exposes 
their desire in that day to only want to use God to get worldly material things, period. And that's the use a lot of us have for God. We just want to get things, new houses, new cars, you know, new mm. clothes, new this, new that, new careers. New, you know, we just want to get things. That's the only use we have for God. That's the only provision we see that God has for us. And the only benefits that, that concern us is getting more things, more stuff. Why not just desire God himself as our Jehovah Jireh? You know, that way you can have access to his his provisions, all of his your needs to be met all the time. But you don't have to worry about it or just do it when it's convenient for you, when things are running low. Why not just just just, you know, desire to have a relationship with him all the time year round? You know, our provider, the one who sees our needs and provides for them on a on a regular basis for it's for if. For if uh, uh, he for it is he who supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus anyway, our Lord and our Savior, you know, our, our God, Jehovah Rapha. We like to say that Jehovah Rapha, you know, our healer and the one who makes our bitter experiences sweet. Yes, he does. He's the one who sent his word and healed us. You know, the same one who forgives all of our iniquity and heals all of our diseases. Why not get into this relationship with him as a father where we can just talk to him? Look at look at all these provisions that he provides for us that sometimes get 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 blocked out because I'm so busy asking God for stuff that I really don't need. The Bible calls that asking a mist and asking him with the wrong motive. OK, uh, in the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 14, of King James Bible, this is something that Abraham and, and, and his family had to learn. Yeah, Abraham and Sarah. And it says, and Abraham called the name uh, of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So that, that, that place where he took his son to offer him after he had spoken with the father about not having an heir. And God finally gives the man of God an heir. He had promised them all. He, he promised them all the time that he was going to have an heir. But Abraham kept getting older. Sarah kept getting older. She hadn't had no children yet, you know. And he went out there, man, and fathered, uh, you know, Ishmael through, through you know, her, her concubine and, you know, and Hagar, man. And it just created a mess, man, because he, he you ask God, when you ask God, wait on God. You know, he, he's going to renew your strength. You're going to mount back up with wings as eagles. You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. You're going to walk in the provisions. You're going to walk in the benefits. If God said it, believe it and let him account his righteousness to you. Eventually, he got to that level of maturity where he knew that I can ask the father, you know, and, and as strange as it might sound sometimes, you know, God telling you to wait, just like Paul. He didn't heal Paul of, the, of the, that thorn in the flesh, but he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. He told Abraham, you know, Abraham, you're going to have an heir. He said, we're gonna, she going to concede. And it was difficult. They even laughed in the tent. She laughed in the tent when she heard them three angels telling Abraham that. And even Abraham, he, he was like blown away. But eventually, and according to the book of Romans, chapter 4, I think, verse 18, 19, he believed God and God accounted his righteousness to him. And in his old age, man, guess what? All them years of waiting for that promise, it finally came to be. Amen. And so he, he, he saw, though, he got to see like we're going to see. It says, uh, the Lord shall be seen. When God give you that promise, look at here. Keep asking until it happens. Keep seeking until you find it. Keep knocking until God opened it up to you. Eventually, he saw it. You know, he, but, but, but well before it happened, he believed it, and God accounted his righteousness. And then the manifestation came, and he saw Jehovah Jireh, his provider, provide that air. 
as he, he did it, you know. And so we, we have to ask with the intent that I'm going to wait as long as it takes because I know God's timing is going to be perfect when he delivers because he knows what I have need of before I ask. In the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26, the King James Bible, here's another situation. The children of Israel done come out of Egypt. They done asked God to get them out from under that, under that taskmaster, and God brings them out. He sends the man of God to ask Pharaoh several times to let God's people go. Now, he didn't go in there and demand him. He went in there and asked him. Pharaoh, being in charge, asked him. You know, he wouldn't do it. You know, harden his heart even the more. But God had told Moses that's what he was going to do. But God wanted Moses to keep asking. He's trying to uh -huh. teach this leader the importance of keep asking. You ask God because the people bickering, murmuring, complaining about how hard life was. And then you go ask the one, their captive, their captive. I know Moses wanted to put his hand around his neck and choke him. But he went in there and asked him because you see the power of asking. Now, sometimes it takes many, many trips to go ask, Come you on, know, bro. even sometimes of, 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 of people, man, that, that, you know, that, that, you know, you, you, you'd rather do some other things to them, but you just keep asking. In other yeah. words, if God tell you to ask, ask, okay, you don't have because you don't have. I remember, man, when I was going through some things up, up in, in my military, man, and I got to ask. I used to be so mad at them folk, man. But 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 they had to pin. They you know they had to say so. They had to control. So I had to humble myself as a proud man, proud leader, and ask. You know when I would rather do some other things to him, but I couldn't let flesh cause me to sin, because <clears throat> I knew I'd have been sinning against God. I was saved in. So I asked, and eventually I began to see God harden their hearts. I began to see God do some things to them, and He vindicated me. You know, and I said that was nobody but God. You know, and so Moses went through the same thing. We're going to go through the same thing. But listen to what God told him the solution was <laughs> after so many trips of asking, after God done bought them out, you know, and they're asking Moses, now we want some meat, man. We want this. We want that. You know, now they don't got in the habit of asking, you know what I'm saying? And they asking Moses, but they weren't asking God that bought them out of Egypt. They started asking Moses. And Moses didn't have a problem with that because by now they're giving them a little credit for being their leader. You know what I'm saying? But, but as Moses, Joshua was one that paid real good attention. And Moses said, you know, as God was with Moses, so is he going to be with us once, once Joshua took over. So, you know, he learned the power of asking God, going to God and asking God, sometimes in private, sometimes in secret. But just make sure you ask so you can receive. Just make sure you seek so until you, you find. Make sure you knock until it's open to you. Joshua learned that from Moses. Moses learned that directly from God. I wish Aaron and Miriam would have learned that. You know, they're the ones who built the golden calf when Moses went to get the, the commandments. And so you see, sometimes people will cause you to stop asking God, you know, start leaning to what you think is right. Get back in that way of to that seeming right, but lead it to the way of destruction. Didn't work then, it ain't going to work now. But listen to what the solution God gave Moses for the people who was asking. He says, and said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. In other words, do it with the intent to obey the instruction and will not, and will do that which which is right in his sight, talking about in God's sight, and will give ear to his commandments. Why? Because the father going to talk back to the children when they ask and keep all of his statutes. Can't be picky, choosy. You know, you can't just want, well, you know, stuff from God and then don't want God to be your God. Statue, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have bought upon the Egyptians, the things I use to get them to let you go. Okay, you, they're going to come on you. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. 
You know, I'm the Lord, not Moses, not Pharaoh, not your doctor, not your specialist, not your oncologist, not, you know, not your urologist, not your dentist. I'm the Lord that healed thee. So God wanted to establish that communication right away with his people. You know, he wanted to, them, them to see him as a father that could do all things, provide all things for them to include healing. And that healing was just not for things. It was also for their physical bodies. Because they, you know, they, they bought a lot of stuff out of Egypt with them. So it wasn't about that, okay? It wasn't about the food. It was about the, 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 the healing of the whole person as he bought them out. Going to take care of everything you need and heal you of some things that you, you encountered, that you suffered while you was in Egypt. I'm going to deliver you from all of that, okay? All them diseases that he bought on, on, on Pharaoh and his followers, man, to get them to release the people. Some of them came out maybe thinking a lot of that was on them anyway. But he said, I'm, I'm the Lord that's going to heal you of all of your diseases, all your sicknesses. Okay, believe me, you ain't going in the promised land sick. Okay. And then in the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible, he goes on further with this argument. And he says he sent his word, talking about Jesus Christ, and healed them, talking about God's people. And you can put yourself in there. I put myself in there all the time and make it personal and deliver them from their destruction. See, they didn't die in Egypt. They came out. They died in the promised land where God had them to because they were stubborn, stiff-necked, bickering, murmuring, complaining. They didn't leave that in Egypt. That should have died in Egypt. But they bought that out, and that was con that's what contributed to their sickness. That's why they died out there. Everybody that was 20 years and older died walking around in a 10-mile uh, circle, complaining, bickering, murmuring. God's feeding them manna from heaven, supplying everything they need. They were so used to getting what they wanted, okay? They didn't get what they needed, but God took care of it anyway. Then he gave them quail for 30 days. They still complain. That's a sickness, y'all, okay? And the Lord delivered them, tried to deliver them. And all the younger ones, 20 years and younger, they made it because they were under new leadership. Joshua and Caleb became the new leadership. Everybody else died off because they doubted God. And so don't doubt God, whatever you do, get rid of the unbelief and learn to ask him as a father, learn to seek him as your father, learn to knock on the door. Amen. In the name of Jesus and God will open that healing to you, that provision to you. So the question begs to differ then why is James exposure of why we have not so, uh, so important. This thing is not so important. It has to be mentioned right up front in his message. You know, he's, he's exposing that down. We're going to see that in the scripture right now, you know, because the question begs the different now uh, of, of why things happen sometimes. And James wants to expose this pride, this arrogance, the reason why we don't get what we ask for sometimes. Because he knew that the problem was sin, iniquity, undealt with right up front. This is what leads people to fall out about stuff disagreement comes, they fight over stuff, arguments about stuff, quarrels about stuff, instead of getting the blessings of the Lord that make us rich, talking about full, complete, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, where God himself adds no sorrow to his blessing. To include our healing, we willingly and obediently ask him and don't doubt in our hearts we will have the things we ask for remember mark chapter 11 verse 22 24 the king james bible you have that power and authority god has given you amen uh said us 
said uh, to us last week in the School of Healing. We remember that. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 22, the King James Bible says, The blessings of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow. The sorrow comes when we begin to bicker, murmur, complain, argue over stuff. And I've seen too many husband and wives fall out sometimes because the husband gets sick and the wife starts forgetting her duty, man, to, you know, through sickness and, and health. Boom, that, that you need it then. But instead, they start arguing and stuff. You try to tell him what to do because he's weak now. Same thing when the wife gets sick. I told you this. I told you that, you know. And you get this argument instead of getting together there and saying, let's just touch and agree we're believers, we're Christians. Let's just touch and agree, pray for each other. Let me lay hands on you. Let me anoint you with oil. Let me do this. Let me do that. Baby, you need anything, you know. Take care of the person, you know. You know, we ready to wash our hands, man, because... You know, my husband's sick, and I, I, I feel so at a disadvantage. My wife is sick. I feel so at a disadvantage. Well, you ain't at no disadvantage if you know how to pray, uh -huh. if you can get your Bible and go to them healing scriptures and give them that mm -hmm. medicine. and give. Let me go to the, go to the pharmacy and get you some for that pain or that headache. We do all of those things, and we're doing it, arguing all the way there. All the way there. God, why you let my husband get sick? God, why you know, now that's one income coming out. Or vice versa. He's doing the same thing to you. You know, she can't cook now. I got to cook. You don't know how to cook, Lord. You know, you took my baby. You got my baby sick. All this crazy stuff comes into play. And James puts this stuff right up front. And he's saying, this is why sometimes you don't get the healing. The blessing of the Lord don't change. The message from God don't change because the situation changed. You know, the word of God still works. Amen. However, this isn't our biggest problem. But that desire that is inside of us that's warring against what we know to be true with our doubt and unbelief, uh, you know, or what we should uh, versus what we end up doing. You know, we, we think we, we know what we should do, but it's not what we always end up doing. We all know what we all end up doing most of the time. It's the emergency room. Here we come. Pharmacy. Here we come. I'm sent. They got my account over there. Just go over there, nephew, and, and tell them Miss so-and-so sent you. Problem, James says, is we desire and do not have. So we just put uh, to death our faith, and we fail to do the things that we should. In other words, we desire and we do not have. So we just put to death our hope our dreams, our assurance in him, meaning God, our trust in God, our vision beyond the present sufferings of the present time, our belief in our faith for God, our confidence weakens, our reliance falters, and we once, that we once had in our faith for God who promised, we forget all that stuff when that pain hit, mm. you know. Uh, we see, uh, you know, we, what we do, we end up driving into, into despair, diving into despair, depression comes in, oppression comes in, stress, worry, fear over into all these inappropriate risks, pits, doubts, unbelief, bad, negative attitudes, uh, you know, all this stuff, all these approaches, you know, help us not to get any better. It makes things worse. And we start to take uh, that way unto us that seems right, but leads us down that path of destruction. We know it because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12, the King James Bible, there is that way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof leadeth to the way of destruction. Nobody gets better because of that. So you can argue, bicker, murmur, complain because the person's health status changed. That's your husband still. That's your wife still. You still got to care for each other. You still got to be there for each other. The covenant said through thickness and in health, you know, all the health, sickness and in health, you know, until death do your part, you know. So don't you add to the death. Don't, don't you speed it up by neglecting them such, 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 uh, such benevolent benefits that you owe them. 
Okay. And, and James deals with this man right up front. So let me get down here, man, to, uh, to the text here and let's delve into a little bit of this. Uh, that's in the book of James chapter four, verse one through three, the King James Bible. It says from whence come wars and fightings among you come, they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members. So see, he's talking about now that rage that comes in you when all of a sudden your status change. And it can, this, this, this principle can apply to any level of stuff that you're dealing with. It can be natural. It can be financial, emotional, physical. It can be in any relationship that you have with people, with husband, wife, children, family, anything, employees, you know, businesses, it can apply. It's something that goes on inside of us when that situation shows up. We just talked about what it did to Moses. Moses didn't think that he could speak well enough, so he had to have help. We think about what happened with Abraham. You sure at this age she's going to be? All these things go on on the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul dealt with this. Uh, any believer going to deal with this. And Paul said in the seventh chapter of Acts, he said, look, I know the things that I ought to do, but it seems like those are the things I don't do. I don't. He said, because there's a war going on all the time. You know, you, you, you got three people that you're going to have to deal with as a believer. God, his way of doing things, yourself, what you're used to doing. And then you got your Satan, your adversary going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to kill, still and destroy you. But Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundant. And you sitting right there in the middle and you got to do something. And most of the time we lean to our own understanding and fail to acknowledge him in all our ways. And I get sicker, you know. And, it, and sometimes it leads to death. So that war is going on fighting inside of us all the time. And sadly, sometimes we take it out on the very ones that we, that we love. That's right. You know. That's right. Because if they sick, they change. If they land on that bed of language and, and suffering, they change. I'm it would change people. You've been living a very good, healthy life, and all of a sudden you have a stroke or something, you get sick, man, or something shows up and it don't go away and everything and boom and somebody got to care for you and adjust their schedule that they're used to the you know going to lunch with their girlfriends and all this and they got to run home and check on you because you in the bed or they got to keep going three o'clock in the morning they got to get up at six to go to work and check on you over there in the room at the hospital it changes people emotionally it drains them emotionally and stress comes in and they will start to argue. They will start to bicker. They start complaining because they think it's so unfair. And then they'll extend to the web of their friends and they start sharing it with them and they start talking to them. And, and you can't get a word in sideways because they like feeling you just don't know what I'm going through. Talk to God. Ask the father for some relief. You know, this thing is going on on the inside of our members, man. It's a war, okay? It says lust, inappropriate attitudes, actions, and lust of the flesh I'm talking about, behavior, evil desires, the passion for pleasure and gratification that rages within the body. You know, a lot of us don't discover that about ourselves until a tragedy happens. You know, we turn into somebody else. We didn't know those things was, could come out of us, but they've been there all along. James just decided to deal with them up front before he gets to, down to the part about which is the next verse. He says, yet lust and have not, you know, he said, ye lust and have not. In other words, you cater to all those things that I just mentioned in verse one. And he mentions in verse one and he says, ye lust after those things, you know, you know, that, that's how we get gratification sometimes. This is how we discuss how unfair it is, yes. you know, and, ye, and he says, and have not. He said, ye kill 
and desire to have. You never have, but you desire to have. Well, you killed it. You killed the desire because of the situation changed. The message didn't change. You know, you know. He says, and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and ye war, and it says, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. So you got distrust, seeking something, and never trusting God or asking God for it. And it says, God took, well, he did this. He took me back, like I told you earlier, to 2003, when I first asked him to heal me of type 2 diabetes uh, once I got the diagnosis based on the word of God in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 3 through 5 of the King James Bible. Uh, so I've been here. I, I've, I've tasted this personally. But thank God at the time, he had already three years before that prepared Pastor Sheridan and I to know what to do. Thank you. you know, and I, now we, 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 we went to the doctors. You know, they were one of the first ones who diagnosed me. You know, thank God that the hospital was right there. You know, because I was headed for diabetic shock and didn't even know it because I'm not a doctor. But we had been saved for about three years. And so I had learned some scriptures. I had learned the, 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 the ministry of working the word, you know, asking God for things. Amen. And so I can personally relate to this here right here. You know, I didn't give in to the lust of my flesh. I didn't give in to rebuking no devils and all that stuff. I knew something else was going on and come to find out it was what I was doing to myself out of ignorance. You know, did not know how to be a good steward. Hadn't learned that yet, but I knew how to ask God. Uh, goes on and says, you know, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, 3 through 5, the King James Bible, you know, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him who uh, he was the one that was despised and esteemed him and esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our grief, my God, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but. He was wounded for our transgressions. I love that, but, but he was wounded for our transgressions. That was part of what he died for, too. Most important part, he was bruised for our iniquities. My God. See, I couldn't, I couldn't get into that level of flesh, lust of the flesh, and start blaming myself, start blaming anybody, even though I was to blame. But there wasn't time for that. It wasn't time to entertain that war, that argument, that, that desire was going on inside of me because I was searching for answers, you know. But I, I, but I had to... Say, Lord, you, you with your stripes, I'm healed, you know, you know, you know. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him with whose stripes we are healed. Now, if I didn't learn nothing else back then about this scripture, I learned that with his stripes, I'm healed. I knew that that was embedded in us, you know. And we always ask the Father for that healing based on that premise right there. You know, that, that'll work right there. Verse 3, James says this, ye ask and receive not. because Listen to me now. Because ye ask amiss. It's like some of us don't really understand that level of maturity of asking our father. We'll ask God, but we won't ask him as our father. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to get to that level of intimacy so that he knows all the time that you see him as your father and he sees you as his son or his daughter, mm-hmm. not just someone that's asking a miss because you want something, mm-hmm. but you ask asking him because you recognize he is Jehovah Jireh. Yes. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Shalom. Mm. He is my father. He's everything mm. to me. You know, so you got to deal with that because ye ask a miss issue there. That, that's put in there for a reason that ye may consume it upon your lust. Mm. You know, praying a miss, praying with the wrong motives, praying with the wrong motives. 
you know, wouldn't have never said nothing to God if I hadn't ran out of other options. You know, you know, and then it's a miss because I got the wrong motive, you know, you know. Verse four, he says, ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So the problem is this now, it's worldliness. You know, the world conditions us and teach us to think a certain way. You're sick, you go to the doctor. I don't disagree with that. But when you become a Christian, okay, you 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 sign on to a, to a, to to the waiting list for another doctor. Mm. His name is Jesus, our healer. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. You know, I I I I, I inherit this benefit too now. You know, that's in the book of of, of Isaiah, uh, chapter forty, verse thirty-one. So see, we pick up some additional benefits now. You know. And so that, 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 that worldliness conditions us sometimes to think if I get sick, go to the doctor. Friendship with the world. And that's what ends up happening. You fall more in love with your doctor in the nursing court than you do. I, I know I've been there. Than you do with, 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 with Jesus. You know, that personal relationship. You know, we in the world, but we should not be of a world. Don't get too attached to the things of this world. We care more about what the people in this world thinks and says about us you know, than what God has and have to say about us. You know, why sometimes we, we don't want friends to know that we sick. You know, we don't want them to know that my husband is sick. I thought they were such a Christian. They go to church all they live in church, but they always quote scripture, they always talking about with his stripe heal. A lot of times we hide certain things because, you know, it ain't their business anyway. We care more about what people think, how we look, because there's been a a disrupting change in my life, you know. I've been, we've been doing good. Me and my husband out walking five miles, and all people see us, and oh, they just look so healthy, you know. We got we look good in our in our fashion and all that. We're fashion statement, and everybody aiming us and want to be like us. And all of a sudden, all that gets disrupted because sickness hits you, or something happened, a stroke happened. One of y'all got really ill. Sometimes it be terminal, and so we start to process that stuff, but we process it the way the world teaches us to process it. You know, sometimes we hide it, you know. We don't, uh, we, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, as, as people of the world, we don't care really about what the world thinks about us, you know, or my circle of influence or, you know, all these wrong motives or what they say to me on the job or I got to use up sick days and sometimes I got to borrow sick days from coworkers. Hey, when you get sick, sometimes you fall ill into these things. You can't help it, but you have a father in heaven who cares more than anybody in the world. And so you can't let the wrong motives come in there. This is why James deals with this up front. You can't let that war go on what they're going to think about me. Man, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get healed, you know. Pastor Sharon and I were going through COVID. We didn't call no whole bunch of folks. We talked directly to the Lord. Cause we did not, and, and even afterwards, about a few weeks ago, I went to a home going. The brother thought we were so sick that we were dead. I said, do I look like I'm dead, brother? This is why sometimes you don't want to get a lot of folks involved in your business. You got to know the people who you labor among. You got to know the real true prayer warriors who know how to ask God and get, get a prayer through. You can't just share information with everybody. You know, sometimes you got to build that relationship with God yourself. Okay, so as we move on to close, I know I'm not going to get through all of this, but we're talking about motives right now, which is what Jane wants to expose. Sometimes those motives, 
those wrong intentions, those wrong, uh, you know, feelings and stuff get in the way of what you should do, you know, and that war starts to take place. Verse five, he says, do ye think, and, and when he talks about divorce and adulterers here, he's talking about loving something else in place of God. If you look in the book of Hosea chapter four, verse six, that whole conversation, all six chapters there in the book of Hosea, where, 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 where he's prophesying, I mean, Joel, I'm sorry, Joel, yeah, Hosea, yeah. Uh, Joel, the book of Joel, but Hosea is the prophet. And it's because the Lord is divorcing Israel. Some people say, well, Lord ain't no divorcee. He divorced Israel because they treat, they, they, they acted like an adulteress. You know, they aligned themselves with other gods instead of him. They got away from his knowledge, his wisdom, what he had been teaching them, what he had revealed them through all the prophets, major and minor prophets. And he divorced them. He separated from them. Okay. And he used a wonderful example of Gomer and, 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 and Hosea to try to teach them really what the Lord really desired, the relationship he desired. And he used that relationship between him and Gomer because she was a harlot, man. And he's saying Israel has become that harlot. So we can't divorce the things that we know that work once we get saved because the world says you should do this. You should treat it like this. You should take this. You know, you should go here. You know, we can't get caught up in that. And so he deals it. He said, do ye think that the scripture saith what it said in vain? He said, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. Okay, to envy. That word will get you in trouble right there. You know, because we look at everybody else and they're looking so healthy and we want to be like them. So we get a little envious. You know, I go to church. I pay my tithes. I do X. I do Y. And, and you know, I, 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 you know, I'm a good person. You know, I, I exercise. I eat right. So we start to let all that lust begin to creep in when we should stay humble, you know, under the hand of Almighty God. Why? He going to exalt us in due time. We don't stop asking and get envious just because, I mean, I'm dealing with something, you know, that I don't quite understand. You know, the conclusion of this kind of thinking is that no cure or a delayed cure might take place. Not immediately, knowing that the spirit of God yearns over us with jealousy. Okay, you know, don't, don't let my envy be the envy at the end of the day. Let God's jealousy over me because he sees me in that state and he's still jealous over me and he values me and he wants to help me. But he want to see how am I going to respond in my relationship with him, not with the world. You know, they, they're, they're not that important. What's more important is that I grow in asking my father for things, even when I'm going through. And, and he allows James here to expose all the reasons why I don't. Mm. It's because of the wrong motives. I'm more concerned about what people are going to think about me if they find out that I'm sick. Or they find out that my husband and my wife is just about to die and I'm a preacher and preaching to everybody about how to be healed. Mm. You know. And, 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 I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm battling with the spirit of gluttony and I'm, you know, and I'm up in the pool pit preaching to folks, man, giving out after three minutes and I'm talking to somebody about going to pray more about being healed. Because it ain't in me to tell people, man, hey, you got to make some modification. You got to make some adjustments. You know, you're killing yourself. You know, it ain't, it ain't God that's killing you. It ain't the devil that's killing you. It's you. Swallow that pride, you know. Stop blaming everybody. Stop doing what the world tell you to do. You get sick, just go to the doctor. They'll give you something for the pain. No, the Lord wants us to understand that this is not our temple. This is his temple. And none of these things should dwell therein. And we have the audacity, 
God, why you let me get sick? And people will tell you, man, well, if, that's, if God is who he said, why he letting all this this COVID-19 and, and this, this, this other variance, this Delta variant, why is he letting it kill so many people? Now, we'll blame God in a minute, but we won't take no personal accountability to build that relationship with him as a father before these things happen. So we don't know who to ask. We start calling our congressmen, our senators, what they're going to do about it. Right now, everybody blaming Biden, going back to blaming him because you got an uptick. But you got folks don't want to go get no vaccination. And we don't want to ask him to get one. We're defending not asking people because we don't want to offend nobody. They got a Second Amendment right to say no. Well, why are you, why, why are you complaining about 600,000 people that's dying? Because people won't ask people to get a vaccination. It's power in asking. It's a level of maturity that we don't have because we don't do it. Something that simple. That's what's killing people. We have not because we don't ask. And if you ask God for his divine intervention, he'll intervene. But we need more people to ask, especially Christian believing people. Stop pointing the finger and blaming somebody else. Get out of the way the world do things. The world is accustomed to blaming folks. But instead of taking all these things to God, our father in prayer and discussing it with him and talking about it with him and asking him to intervene, that's the last thing that we do. Now, that's Christian folks. It's the first thing that they do. But for the most part, the majority of the people have been divorced from God, have been separated from God by these things. They have forgotten that it's until death do you part. This is a covenant relationship. <clears throat> and you keep asking and you keep seeking and you keep knocking and when you scale it down to an individual it's the same way it's going to be when you, when you amp it up for the world we, what we desire for ourselves we desire for the world and what God desires for the world he desires for us as individuals his plan is not man's plans his thoughts is not man's plans his ways is not man's way he said if you seek first my way I'll add all these things to you. What things? Healing, deliverance, you know, provisions, more benefits, more grace that you can trust me more, more love, more peace. All of these things. You know, that's what the, that's the world that he envisioned. Book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 16, 17 says, look, if, if the, the, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. It's not in a bunch of accumulation of material stuff. What good is it to a man to profit the whole world, lose your soul because you don't know how to take care of your body? You don't know what to ask God about your body, about your feelings, about your finances, about your family, about your friends, about your job, about your career, about your dreams, about your desires. You know, it's a level of maturity that we have abandoned. We have a relationship with our father and we have to learn how to ask in that relationship. And then once you ask, don't ask a miss. Don't ask just because you feel pressure that somebody going to put on you because you're such an upstanding Christian. But you got sick yesterday. You got a bad report yesterday. And you want to keep it a secret. You don't want nobody to know. What are you ashamed of? What are you afraid of? See, that's that's catering to the lust. Mm. When something hit this house, I'm screaming to the top of my lung asking God. Right. for help because I don't know what to do but I know who to talk to mm. and he'll take me to the scriptures now I know the scriptures I didn't know initially but when I learned to talk with him and speak with him and I don't go told God what to do I ask him 
And now I'm at a point, man, where asking, I receive. And I don't ask amiss. I ask according to the scriptures. Because that's what God watches over to perform his word. So we're going to go ahead and end right there. Hopefully you got something out of it this morning. We have not. James said, because we ask not. And he give you, man, so many reasons that I didn't even touch on those motives for why we don't ask sometimes. We rather war inside of ourselves and struggle with our feelings and emotions and, you know, and all that stuff. And, you know, why it's so unfair what I'm going through, you know, in sickness and in health, you know, mm -hmm. till death do us part. You hang in there, you know, you know, work that word because it works. Learn to ask and receive. Yes. Seek and it, you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. The Bible is full of a treasure of scriptures on healing. And we have to apply these, these principles to get God's attention. That's our father. You know, when we mess up, man, we used to teach our children, man. And I, I love this about my youngest son, Alex, man. You know, he would, I would say, Alex, it's best to just fess up and tell the truth, man. Don't try to cover it. Don't try to hide it. When you go to God, man, don't try to act like God is ignorant of what's going on with us. Some of us are so embarrassed and so ashamed to go to God and our father and speak with him and let him know I'm sick. Like he don't know already. And we could always tell when our children weren't leveling with us. But he learned that lesson. And a lot of times it got him in trouble. That's okay, but he got better. We the same way. I was taught that growing up too. It's best to just face the consequences. You know, when I got my diagnosis in 2003, man, I didn't go blaming no whole. It was me. It was what I was doing out of ignorance. Did not know. Catering to that lust of the flesh, making that flesh feel good. Putting all that stuff in my body, I had no idea. I didn't know then at the time that my body was a temple of God. I couldn't do that. So I asked God to help me, to deliver me from that. Break that off of me, God. Take that away from me. I still had to deal with the consequences of type 2 diabetes, but his grace has been sufficient for me ever since then. Yes, you know, I've asked him for healing, and he's healed me. He's, kept, he's keeping me. I'm a keeper. You're a keeper. He wants to keep us. Our father wants to keep his children safe. <clears throat> but we got to learn how to ask. That's the level of maturity we got to get to. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, Lord God, that we will go forth from today, God, learning the importance of asking you, our Father, not just our God, but our Father, for these things that we know that we need because we know you know what's best for us. We don't know, God. We make so many mistakes, God. We war over stuff. We argue over stuff. We fight with each other over stuff, God. We fall out of love with each other over stuff because, Lord, it's a, it's, it's a place sometimes we find ourselves we've never been before. But this is life, God. This is the journey. We're in this world. But we're not of this world. And the world have so many challenges and troubles, God, that come in conflict with what we know. And it causes us to forget temporarily, momentarily, that you don't change. Your message don't change. You still, God, want to have this relationship with your people that we can ask you and receive and seek you and find you when we seek you with all of our heart. You know, you want us to knock on the door and you will come and open it, God, and, 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 and see about us and take care of us just like a father. So we love you this morning. We thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for allowing James to expose the problem, the motives, the things that we do, God, because we just want to get things from you, and we don't want to have you. We don't want to have that relate. We'd rather do without the relationship with you, which requires our obedience, our full obedience, our willfulness, that we can eat the good of the land. And, God, we want to just use you to give us something out of your hand, a new car, a new house, more things, more accumulation mm. of stuff. 
when you want these these bodies, these temples to be right, to be presented to you, when you come back without spotted, without wrinkle, you want us to be whole, well, and sound now that we can serve you, God, and we can help and encourage others, oh God, because we are, Lord, we are that example, oh God, to the world. So we thank you this morning for this lesson, and we ask you for healing right now, not only for us, but for all that are out there standing in the need of healing. We ask you to heal them now with your stripes in Jesus' name. Heal them of COVID-19. Heal them of this Delta virus. Heal those that are on sick lists in churches right now. Heal those that are in hospitals right now with ventilators and those that are struggling. Don't know how to ask the Father for healing. Mm -hmm. We ask on their behalf. We intercede on their behalf for us. In the wonderful, precious name of Jesus that we pray and ask this this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, then. We're going to end right there for this morning. Open up the line for comments, starting with our very own Pastor Sharon this morning. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.